Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm Tracy Brown, the fraud-busting body language expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion-dollar business deals. And I want you to be able to tell whose pants are on fire, make better decisions, and build your bottom line as well. Get ready. Let's dive in. It's Tracy, and welcome back to another episode of Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. And of course, with me today is super producer Alex. How are you? Hey, Tracy. I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you doing Good. today? Uh, you know what? I'm cold. It is cold. We're in Colorado, and I am cold. I'm a little sick of this. We've had a, probably 10 days of sub-freezing or maybe not a, not getting above 35 degrees. Uh, yeah, I'm not liking I'm, it. I'm I'm over it at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm ready. It's like enough. if it's gonna be this cold, at least it needs to snow a lot. But mm-hmm. um, you know who is never gonna have snow at their house? <clears throat> uh, anybody in southern Arizona? Uh, that and our guest today, Roseanne Friedis. Friedis, that's how we say this. Friedis, name? Friedis? I'm not sure, but it's pretty close. And anyway, she she is uh, she visited with me from Honolulu. Well, I guess we're freedest to talk about her name in any way we want. <laughs> I'm sure she appreciates that. Yeah, but anyway, sure so she here's the deal. <laughs> she's, she's with the Better Business Bureau, and mm-hmm. she is going to update us on all the latest scams. Because that, that's what the Better Business Bureau does, is help people stop getting scammed. So dating, rentals. Uh, pets, unemployment scams. And here's the thing. She's going to tell us the one surefire way you know if you're going to be the next scam victim. Oh, really? There's a way to know that it's coming. Yeah, totally. And she's going to tell us. I'm not going to tell you right now. Well, that sounds great. So I got a question about Better Business Bureau. Is that a mm-hmm. government entity or a private entity? It's it's uh, sort of private. It was started back, um, and she tells us the history of it, but it, start, it started way back when companies were tired of other companies like impersonating them, like there was knockoffs and ripoffs and all this sort of stuff, like back like early 1900s, mm-hmm. I believe. And so big companies- Which is really not to- all that different than Yelp today, is it? Uh, it's, it's sort of the same. Yeah. yeah. Except okay. except they go a little bit deeper and they have some really cool reports that she'll tell you how to get a hold of oh. so you can find out just what's going on out there. Anyway, she's a wealth of knowledge coming from Honolulu. I wish I was there right now. And, um, and she's going to talk to us. Well, that sounds fantastic. Can I get an uh-huh? Mm-hmm. No, that's not it. Come on. What did I do? Did I do it wrong? Yeah, you did it wrong. Come on. Give me an uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, that's no, that's a mm-hmm. You know, why, you why know, don't you, you got do it. it? Why don't you do it, and then we'll talk to. Um... We've been over this before. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. All right, you're getting closer. <laughs> we we just have to practice. We got to lubricate that up. Oh God, we gotta go. Let's talk to Roseanne. All right, let's do it. It's Tracy, and I am back with another episode of Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. And I have who I know is going to be a fantastic, super interesting guest today, Roseanne Freitas, coming all the way from Hawaii. And uh, now, Roseanne, you are the PR and Communications Manager for the Better Business Bureau. Yes. So I work with Better Business Bureau, Great West and Pacific. We are the largest Better Business Bureau out there, and we cover an eight-state region. And of course, we covered Denver, Colorado area. Uh, that's where I am. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, so yeah, we had a mutual friend who introduced us. And, you know, here's the thing. 
I didn't really know what the Better Business Bureau was all about until I talked to you about it. Because, you know, you see it around and you see the like the, the BBB sticker and all that. And you go, oh, OK, whatever. But uh, I didn't realize how big of a hand that you all have in fraud. I guess the whole thing's kind of about fighting fraud. So t- tell me, like, fill us in a little bit. So what a lot of people don't realize with the Better Business Bureau, they know we're around and many people know to use us when they're unhappy with the business and they say, oh, I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau. Yeah, totally. And that is part of what we do, but we do a little bit more than that. So it really just a quick synopsis, Tracy. It started in 1912 and it started days of the magic elixir when people said anything to sell you anything. You mean that all that snake oil never worked? None of it ever worked, right? <laughs> so a, an executive for Coca-Cola was not happy with that. And when his, especially when his attorney told him, well, come on, nobody believes advertising. It's all lies. Uh-huh. And he said, this is wrong. So he actually gathered a group of executives from other companies together and they decided to start policing themselves. So they were watching each other's advertising, making sure they were telling the truth. So that was the beginning of the Better Business Bureau, and advertising is still one of the things we keep an eye on, but we cover so many other areas, and we're here to help consumers find legitimate businesses, and part of that also is highlighting the fraud Uh and the bad practices that are unfortunately out there right now. Wow, and so here's the thing. You have your finger on the pulse of exactly what's going on, because uh, what I'll do, you know, is I'll find a criminal here and there or a victim or law enforcement. But you're you're taking a little bit different angle on fraud prevention. So tell us, like, what's what are you seeing out there? What are you doing about it? Because or, or, or should I just go down the list of some of the stuff that, that we talked about with these different scams? Oh, if you want to, because we've got a lot going on. So if you want to go ahead and kick it off and then I'll go into a little more detail on. That. All right. OK, so uh, imposter scams. Tell us about that. So the imposter scam is really prevalent right now. And that's where whether you receive an email or a text message from someone who is an authority figure. Now, that could be your boss. That could be the IRS, the Social Security Administration, anybody else. Hey, we see it with companies as well as far as like Amazon and Walmart and Target. So they're impersonating someone that you either see as an authority figure or someone you want to do business with. Mm -hmm. And they're capitalizing on your emotions taking over that conversation. So that when your CEO asks you to send $100,000, you just do it because it's your CEO. However, it's not your CEO. It's a scammer who's pretending to be your CEO. Well, you know what happened? Okay, so get this, Roseanne. So I was on a ski lift because, you know, I'm in Colorado. I was at like Keystone or Breckenridge or something. And this guy told me this story, like when he figured out what I did, he goes, uh, yeah. So our boss, uh, the owner of the company went to a coffee shop and just logged in to the coffee shop network, right? Problem number one, like do not ever do that. And he said that they got the password to their whole entire Microsoft account for the whole company. And they started sending emails back and forth, like spoofing people within the company. And then they had the boss's calendar as well. And so while the boss was on a plane and could not check the email because they had his calendar, they said, all right, 
We're starting this deal with China right now. Uh, it's a little ahead of schedule. Go ahead and send this money right now. And the, it was supposed to be two payments of like $800,000. And they sent, they, they, they tried to send it. And another person in the company who had been back and forth, or I don't know if he was on the chain or not of, of communication said, what the heck are you doing? I don't want to do this today. You t I told you we weren't doing this today. And, um, and that's how they stopped it. Wow. And that is not uncommon. They can get into your system so many different ways, but you, you hit on it. When you go to a coffee shop, yes, the Wi-Fi is free, but it's not secure. It ain't free. So, it, you you pay. You can pay for that dearly. You, exactly. There's a cost. You may not pay up front, but you may pay on the back end of that one. And so now you've opened up whatever you're looking at to somebody getting into your system. Uh -huh. And that's exactly what they did. Now, once they have access to your system, there's so much damage they can do. One, like they did there, impersonate the CEO, know when he's on an airplane. The other one that could have been really bad is download malware onto that device. And then hold it ransom. And we've seen that across the U.S. With the, the hospitals. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. And, with the hospitals, and, with the Colonial Parkway last year, and they paid over $4 million to pipeline. release that. Yeah, yeah. So there's so much of that happening. But we open ourselves up once we start to use an unsecured network. But what they did right with the company, the story you're telling, Tracy, was they went to another person. And that really is the key here is double check. You know, the plane ride, there isn't a plane ride that's that long that you couldn't wait for the CEO to land mm -hmm. to make that conversation. It's not um, an emergency. Emergency really only involves life, death, blood, or maybe a fire, right? Right, right. But financial, there shouldn't be any emergencies. You really need to take a deep breath and a step back. And by asking someone else in the organization who would be in that chain was the smartest thing they did. Yeah, totally. I couldn't believe it. Uh, just the the depth of it and how long that these guys waited, like like it and, and they kind of integrated themselves in like they figured out who was who and totally just had this company completely dialed in like like that's the spooky part it wasn't like this oh you know your uh uh order at walmart or whatever like it wasn't it, it was just it was complete infiltration complete infiltration but what what we have to realize now these criminals they are criminals and they are master criminals they mm -hmm. know what they're doing and they have the patience to wait for the big payoff mm -hmm. so we've been talking about those impersonation scams but one way they do it where they take their time on the relationship is those romance scams right yes. oh my goodness because what they'll do is they'll develop that relationship with the person and over time what happens is they start to trust the person on the other end, they don't realize it's a scammer. And once we start to trust people, we listen to what they have to say, we don't necessarily question it. And that's what we're seeing with, uh, with those romance victims right now. Now, okay, let's talk about romance scams, because I've had several people on here that study romance scams or have been victims. I had like Debbie Montgomery uh, in one of our episodes, she, she gave a million dollars to a uh, romance scammer and you can find that episode on our show uh and and i guess 
here's my problem with technology these days everybody has a camera everybody does like everybody and if they won't turn the camera on that's a problem wouldn't you think i mean i would like for me big red flag uh but are people that desperate that like i just don't i don't understand what do you think well what happens is any scam the Uh reason it works is they play to our emotions. Uh-huh. Now, if we didn't have any emotions and we were robots, we wouldn't be scammed, but we're human. Yeah. And so they do play to that. And what makes it hard is a lot of times people start down that road and it can be from various things. They could be very lonely. Uh-huh. Um, they could just be having an off day that day. Mm-hmm. But once they get into it and they like what they're hearing, they tend to, as we say, go with that ether. They're feeling good and they're enjoying the moment. Yeah. And they start to overlook those red flags. Uh-huh. And that is what's problematic is instead of making the person come on screen, they they believe the excuses that they have. And it's because they're in a position that now they're thinking emotionally uh-huh. instead of rationally. And if we look at what the pandemic did to us and we think about, you know, we had a health crisis yeah. that was fearful. We had um, an economic crisis that was scary, mm-hmm. but we also had isolation. And when you stop and think about how isolation impacted us mentally, I mean, I live with two other people, but I still really was desperate to talk to other people. Oh my gosh. Yes. I just about melted down. Like I was bouncing yeah. off the sea. I hate like it was like my a personal hell, right? It was exactly. And, and I have a husband and he's nice, but oh my gosh. Um come on. After two years, you're like, I need or so however long we ended up in lockdown. Yeah. We need someone else to talk to, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now well, um uh, okay so with this dating stuff, because I'm sure that there's someone listening right now who is in an online dating situation. Now, I think I think that there's two scams going on in the dating world. There's two. One is by the people who are clearly up to no good, right? Clearly out to get money. And the other, I believe, is by the dating companies, Right. Because I do not believe and take this from someone who did online dating for 10 years. I finally found Matt. He is great. Uh, But I believe that the majority of people on those sites are placed on there by the company to show that they have a lot of people on there. I don't think they're even real people. I that one. I have no idea, Tracy. So I haven't actually heard that. I do know that there are con artists on there, but I haven't heard that about the the companies themselves. I think like so. You, I think so. I did the online dating and uh-huh. I did meet my husband that way. But okay. yes, there were catfishers out there. Uh-huh. Now, did you bump into any of them? Because I didn't bump into any of them. Oh, I did. And at the beginning, I thought it was kind of fun because uh-huh. I knew exactly what they were doing. Mm. Um, So I engaged. But really, that was the wrong thing for me to do. Uh-huh. What I know now, and I'm, I feel like I'm much smarter now, is once we start to engage with them, uh-huh. they'll keep that dialogue going. And like, while most days I'm having a great day, they may catch me on that off day. Right. And that is why I recommend people, whether they call you or however they interact with you, don't respond. Because once they know you're there, 
they just keep going. Now, and they're hoping how, to find how that did thing. you know that this was a scammer? Because you're kind of having fun with it, right? So I was having fun with it. It yeah. was too good to be true. Uh-huh. Somebody who has had maybe two emails with me all of a sudden is in love with me. And, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, I think I'm pretty cool, but I'm not that awesome. <laughs> Um, you know, you, you have that back and forth and it really Uh goes back to they. it's too, too much, too fast. But the other thing was I would reach out and say, okay, let's meet in person. And there was always an excuse. So that's the other red flag. If they Uh never can meet you in person. Also, usually they have a really good story, right? They're in some foreign country and they're saving the world. They, they always have an excuse or they impersonate a military member Uh because we, we trust military, right? We're, we're trained to trust. So they use different tactics. And for me, it was just really obvious at that moment when they didn't want to meet, but then they fell in love with me so fast. And the heartbreak story that just kept compounding and compounding, uh-huh. they were kind of red flags for me. So I had fun with it. And then one day I went, okay, I'm done and ended that. Oh, man. So here's the other thing, because our military, they're kind of not supposed to be on social media are they like doesn't that it gives away their location i think they have to be very careful when they're on social media i think Uh it would um i don't think they can ban them totally because they are citizens too but you do notice that a lot of military are very private um especially i think in certain um jobs right that they Mm -hmm. may have that they need more of that privacy so i think you do have to be careful because they're not really going to share their location if they're in a foreign country. Well, for sure. And also another tip on that is you can, because a lot of the scams that I've seen, because people show them to me uh, and, and actually um, one of our guests has been kind of a victim of one of the scams in a different kind of way, because he has a picture where he's like internationally really good looking and they have grabbed his picture and use it in these dating profiles. And so you can do a reverse picture search. Correct. And and it'll it'll come up like if the picture's a little if they're a little too good looking, then for one they're not going to need to be on so on on dating platform. <laughs> <laughs> right? They look like a model in their picture, right? They yeah. they hit all they check all the boxes, and yeah, you have to be really careful. And really, that the reverse uh, image search is the best way to do it because if you put that picture in you're going to see it populate from so many other places and probably actually figure out that this person is not who they say they are. They're somebody else. And that's a really good technique to use, not just on romance, but like on rental scams or anything where there's a picture involved. Uh Do a search, see if it pops up somewhere because that really, they do, they take the images they don't care about uh, trademark infringement. I mean, they're already breaking the law, right? Uh So um, that's the one thing we need to remember. These are criminals. They're not going to tell us the truth. They're going to lie to us. Uh, And it comes from all angles, right? It's not just about one thing. Like if someone's going to lie to you, they're going to keep going. Yeah, they're not going to stop. The one that's really scary there, Tracy, is when we start to talk about these um, people who are targeted um, with this romance scam is some of them become what they call money mules. And you might remember that term from drug mules, the people yeah. who took m- drugs f- across borders. Well, that's exactly what they're doing with people with money. So they get, they pull this person in and now they have this amazing story, this sympathetic story. They need to get their money, but they can't get it. If they could just run it through their bank account and then they just forward it on. And by then they've already trusted them. So no big deal. I'm just taking money from your one uh-huh. account, sending it to your other account. 
However, by the time the FBI catches up with the money, they find this person who's been targeted, but of course they don't find the criminal. So a lot of victims don't even realize the role that they're playing in. Well, the okay. So, so what, what happens with that money? Is it drug money? What is the deal? Like they're laundering it, right? They're laundering it and it's, and they're, well, they're obviously trying to hide the uh-huh. trail of money yeah. where it goes. So they're going to use it for whatever activity that organization is doing, uh-huh. whether it's drugs, whether it's terrorism, whatever, or it's just lining their own personal pockets. Well, the a lot money of drugs could be yeah, going for very bad things. Yeah. Yeah. That's for exactly. Sure. So you're, you've got both of those angles going there with the drugs and the terrorism. So the money is probably going to something that that person's not comfortable with. Yeah. We don't even need terrorism anymore. We're going to implode ourselves here with all the shootings. And the terrorists, they, they could move on to something else. We're, we're, we're sinking as it is. All the shootings and stuff lately. Oh, my goodness. It anyway, was okay. very sad today. Was it at University of Virginia? Isn't that? Yes. Well, like I, I just kind of skimmed over it. But you know what, Roseanne? Here's the thing: is it's like every day now. It's just about every. And they don't even hardly make the news anymore. Like barely, right? And and we're getting numb to it. And it's just, I'm so tired of it. So like, uh, ugh. okay. So other scams, other scams. Oh, oh. And if people want to know how to protect themselves, since we're on that topic, um, make sure you listen to our episode from Carol Cambridge, who is a uh mass shooting uh trainer like on how to survive one so anyway she has a episode on that uh uh, okay pet scams oh the one that really breaks your heart and of course we saw this really spike during the pandemic when people were isolated trying to find that little buddy to have at home yeah and they turned to pets and so again this is one where they really play on our emotions and what you do is you go online you find this pet that you just fall in love with the picture Uh you you start the conversation with that breeder or whoever they are in the mix to acquire that dog and it all seems on the up and up however you've sent your deposit now they need final payment you send the final payment and then things start to happen all of a sudden you get an email saying oh the dog is ill we're going to have to take it to the vet you'll need to pay additional money And then the dog gets better. Oh, the dog now needs additional shots. You need to send more money so we can get those shots. Then it's another, oh, now we're having a problem shipping the dog. You need to send additional money to cover an additional crate or whatever. But what they do is they keep playing it and they keep Uh playing it until the person eventually figures it out because they're going to collect every dime they can by stalling and stalling. And there's no pet on the other end. Huh. Well, so my mom's a professional dog handler. I did not know that this was going on. Uh, and the puppies are expensive. But here's the thing. If you haven't met the dog, like you need to meet the dog before you decide to buy the dog. Like and make sure it's a that, that the dog has, uh, you know, the the temperament that, that you that's going to like work for you and, and the whole thing. Like I just. I. I could not fathom just getting a pet on online without meeting it first. Yeah. And so that's really one of the recommendations we make is meet the dog in person. Yeah. Um, have a way of being able to see that dog um, and be able to answer some of those questions. Right. Um, because it's otherwise just a picture. 
but if you can see, feel, touch, but also have that conversation with the seller. That makes a big difference. You know that they are a legitimate person. But the other thing is, as well as meeting it, do a background search on that company, on that person. See if there's anything tied to some sort of pet fraud. Because a lot of times if we dig a little deeper, we'll start to see it. Now, they're really good at changing their company names from day to day and week to week. Oh, yeah. So anybody that's just brand new that you really can't find anything on the Internet, Uh that's really also a red flag because most of us have a footprint on the Internet somewhere. Right. And so when you Google and you search and you can't find anything, that should be a red flag about this person. Oh, wow. Well, also uh, that you're on Facebook or Craigslist trying to buy, buy a dog like that is not where a good dog comes from. Just so you know, like, yeah, it's not. You have to be very careful with Craigslist. Um, always be cautious when you use that platform, because we do know it's easy for scammers to post all of their stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Whether it's a pet, whether it's any sort of rental. So you really got to be cautious when you're using that platform and just really go in knowing that you may meet multiple people who are trying to commit fraud. And that should always be in the back of your mind if you're going to use the Craigslist. It's not that you may meet them. It's about how many are you going to meet, right? (laughs) That's exactly true. Now, now what happened here in, um, in Denver, you said there was some bank scams with a text going on. Like, I don't know how much you can reveal. Well, I'll reveal part of it because unfortunately this wasn't the only one. There are multiple ones across the United States where we're seeing people are pretending you get that text message or that phone call saying, this is your bank. Someone is attempting to basically use your account and they're helping you stop that fraud from happening. And usually the way the conversation goes is they'll ask you to send yourself some money via some sort of cash app and they'll have you direct it to your account. But in the meantime, they've gotten from you your username, your password, and they're able to then access into your account so that when you start and then start to send money, right, things are being funneled out, but also they're having you sometimes send it to a fake account. Uh And what they do is they'll say, okay, I have my supervisor on the phone. They'll get on to verify the money is now in your account. Uh So a supervisor comes on who is part of the con and says, yes, your money is here. And then once the, everything is done and they've had that conversation, they've actually got them to, you know, click and send everything, they're gone. And so is the money. And then when they go to check their account or they call that um, company, it wasn't them. It was someone spoofing their phone number and making it look like it was a legitimate company. Well, so I think the last, there's two things here. And the science proves that we trust text messages more than any other kind of communication. Um and so there's that but then all if it seems a little suspicious like pay attention your bank is never going to text you they're not going to text you for stuff and uh call like hang up call your bank just hang Ex- up exactly and if even if it were your bank if you said i'm not sure about this i'm going to call you a legitimate bank person is going to say oh yeah please do that but don't take the phone number from that person who no matter who they are Go to your checkbook, to Uh your bank statement, where you know the real legitimate phone number is listed. Uh Call that number. Also, if you have online banking, you can easily go check right away. But don't share 
any of that information with anybody who says they're from the bank because banks don't ask you for your social, your PIN. They don't ask you for your password. That's not how the bank works. Exactly. Okay. So um, what's the craziest scam you've heard? You got any stories you can share? Wow. This is, uh, let me think about that's a tough one because there are so many crazy ones. Um, And it kind of goes back, I guess, to kind of what we talked about was during the pandemic, we had all of those unemployment claims. A bunch of them were being funneled from one state to other states, which is kind of interesting because you're like, hold it. How can you be filing for unemployment in this one state, but now the money's going to another state? Well, guess what? The money was being funneled through those money mules. So the unemployment claims were being processed. So we had a couple of scams going on, right? We uh-huh. had the unemployment scam. They're claiming that money. Yeah, the someone tried is- to do that to my company. They did. Yeah. And, and it was there like, and they were getting hip to it by that time. So they sent me a note and they're like, is this your claim? I was like, no, totally not. Right. So exactly. And you weren't the only one. I had friends who owned their companies mm-hmm. who told, were told that they were having unemployment claims, you know, and they're like, hold it. I own the company. I'm still here. So it was unusual. So we had that and that's a lot of money, right? Cause it was a weird time. And then the money was being funneled to romance scam victims. And then the money was being funneled out of the country. It was international crime rings, which is you and I both have discussed earlier. And so what they do now, and that's what bothers me, is they do layer on layer on layer of scams. So it's not just one scam, right? Where, okay, where it's the unemployment scam. Well, now we have unemployment, we have money meals, and they're finding different ways to take our information and do different scams with it. Oh, wow. yeah. No one needs a double a double hit like a that. A double whammy is not good, especially when you think about it. We had unemployment and then they're they're using those um, romance uh-huh. victims to funnel the money out. So mm-hmm. it's a it's very sophisticated. And so many people think it's the misspellings, the bad grammar, the prints from Nigeria. Yeah, and those are still out there and they're really obvious. But we have to remember the others are not. And so well, I hear it too, and I'm sure you do, Tracy, where people say, oh, that would never happen to me. And I always say, if you say that, you're probably the next victim because you're not staying on top of the education uh-huh. and understanding. So really from the biggest takeaway you can take from any scam, doesn't matter which one it is, they're going to start to appeal to your emotions. And you might recognize some of these tactics because some of them are marketing tactics. But obviously, they're taking it to do bad, and they're taking it even further. So they do a lot of dangling of the carrot. They appeal to our, hey, we all want to win the sweepstakes, right? We want to win the lottery. We want free gifts. They appeal to that emotion, and we follow the carrot. They also sometimes use the stick where they start to threaten us. Uh And you see that a lot with the imposter scam where they pretend they're the IRS and they're going to come arrest you just to let everybody know that's not how the IRS works. They actually send you a letter. They really want to get their money. Throwing you in jail does not get their money. So they're they're going to correspond with you via regular um, U.S. Postal Service mail. So but it's. We need to stay aware of how people communicate with us and on the latest tactics and don't believe everything that you see, right? Whether it's a text message, whether it's a phone call, whether it's, especially if it's on social media, you have to do a lot of your own homework. There's so much false information out there. Oh my gosh. So much. Okay. So then 
you all have some reports that I was kind of blown away by the depth of. And uh, so it's what the cyber report, the general fraud report. Um, so we have our scam track risk report that comes out it. every single year. Um, and usually what it'll come out in March of 23 for, for just for all of 22. So what we do is we take the data that's reported to us at the Better Business Bureau. And I will tell you, we don't have it all. Um, nobody does because so many people will not report it. Um, but those who do report it to us, yes, they give us their names. Their names are never made p- public. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to ve- verify they're a legitimate person to sure. make this claim, but it's never shared with anyone else. Um, and what we do is we take all of these reports and we do an index um, of a risk assessment where we look at um, your exposure to scams, how likely you are to fall for a type of scam. Oh, wow. And then we also factor in the dollar value uh-huh. because while like cryptocurrency scams are nowhere near the volume of online purchasing. They are when it comes to dollars. Uh That's where big money is lost. Uh So what we do is we come up with an index that we feel makes the riskiest scams. So 2021, 2020, and I'm pretty sure 2022 is going to be the same for number one. um, And that's going to be that online purchasing. Uh Um, We all had to shift very quickly uh, during the pandemic to purchase online. Um, we're learning as we go doing that, but it really is a great opportunity for con artists to get in there, put a fake website up, get your money and run. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just assume if it's on the web, it's legitimate. And oh, it's no. not. Oh no, tell, it's tell not. And that's the one takeaway. Just because it has pretty pictures and it looks like a really cool website, it doesn't mean it is. But also they're really good at impersonating. So they'll take Amazon's website and they'll impersonate it. So when it came to, uh, for us at the Better Business Bureau, the number one most impersonated company was Amazon um, because people were shopping there. So it really requires us to do our extra steps to make sure we're really on the correct website, right? Oh, wow. So they can just say Amazon and add an extra digit or something in there and your eyes don't see it. And you think it's legitimate, but it's not. It's a fake website. Wow. So, yeah, well, if you get an email from that has a link in it, always just type it in yourself. Don't that you think what the address might be. Don't just click on that link because that. Oh, that's huge. Danger. It's danger for two reasons. It's danger because one, it can re- redirect you to a fake website, but two, it could also have malware attached. To yep. It. And now you could have downloaded that malware onto your system. So if you didn't expect to get that email you don't know who said it it came out of the blue and even unless it's someone you really know and trust don't click on that link and even then be skeptical wow now how can people get these reports because you sent them to me and they're very uh eye-opening they are Uh, so you can go to our website at bbb.org and you'll have a plethora of information there, but you'll see the news, the latest news. Go in there and you'll start to click on and see what's happening. And you'll be able to also find those reports because we are we do release reports, reports periodically throughout the year, especially when we know there's been an uptick in, in something. We did a cybersecurity one this year. Um, and we didn't even touch on that yet, Tracy. Um, the cybersecurity scams are 
very prevalent, um, partly because it's such an unknown entity in and of itself. When we think about cryptocurrency, most people have no idea how it works. They don't realize it's not funded by the federal government. A lot of criminals use crypto because it's a great way to funnel money. Well, that's right? why it started is for hackers and terrorists. And now and, and it's all falling apart here because uh, yes. there was that, that big exchange that failed. Um, yeah, the FTX failed this last yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Yes. So because of this uncertainty, it makes it really ripe for fraud. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is how many of us and I'm sure um, you might have gotten those, Tracy, where people will say, hey, all you have to do is put in a little bit of money. You're going to get 25% return and there's it's guaranteed. There's no risk. And I That's just have called to remind Ponzi scheme. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. And I have to remind people about their basic economics course that risk and return go together. And when it comes to money, there's always risk. Even sticking it under your mattress at home has risk. Putting it in a bank has risk, but it's mitigated. And that's why you get the lower interest. But a 25% return, that's highly risky. Probably a scam too. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll tell you what, Roseanne, you are just a wealth of knowledge. And so how can people uh, get involved with Better Business Bureau? Do they just go to the website or should they get a hold of you or what's the best plan? Well, one way, there's various ways. They can most definitely reach out to me. Um, and my email address is uh, roseanne.freitas at the bbb.org. That's R-O-S-E-A-N-N dot F-R-E-I. T-A-S, and then, of course, at T-H-E-B-B-B.org. But even better, if it's in their local town, they can also go to BBB.org. There are phone numbers, especially if you're not, you don't want to be on the computer. Go ahead, call them. We have really wonderful customer care people who answer the phone who are very knowledgeable. Understand we get a lot of calls, so leave a message and they do get back to you if they're not readily available, but also on the internet at that website. We always have so much information there. And what we do is we do try to keep that up to date. Most definitely, if we know something's coming up or we, especially certain holidays, we know they're going to come out. So we start to go ahead and educate people on what we see. And maybe even in your area, see if there is a PR and communications type person who could come out to your, your group and do an outreach program because we do that as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Your wealth of knowledge. Thank you for coming on Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. Oh, thank you so much, Tracy, for inviting me. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate, and review it. I'll see you next time.